0: The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. Chinese balloons, EMP attacks, chickens, and the mark of the beast. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky on fire, fear was in their eyes. Peter it's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving, so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God, and number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations, WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, at frequency 7.490, and also on WRMI, Radio Miami International, on frequency 5850. And you can tune in to Key Radio, 89.3 FM, in Osage Beach, Missouri. And this show is also available on demand on Spreaker, Anchor, Podpoint, Podpage, and Red Circle. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith, and be sure to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in today. I really do appreciate it. And you're going to hear that my voice is a little out of sorts today, and I'll tell you why after a bit. But first, I want to tell you what this program is going to be about. First of all, I'm going to talk about that Chinese balloon that went across most of the United States. Took quite a swing from Montana, kind of meandered down through Nebraska and Missouri, and, and ended up going out over the Atlantic Ocean, where apparently it's been shot down, which I think that's a good thing. I'm going to talk about the Mark of the Beast and what I'm going to do about the Mark of the Beast and being able to buy and sell. And I'm going to talk about power and how I think our power is really in danger right now. And I'm going to talk about Faraday cages. And I'm going to talk about you will eat z-bugs. They're putting bugs in all of our food, folks. They're sneaking it in. They did it in Europe, and now they're doing it here. Not only for your food, but also for your pet's food. And so I'm going to be discussing that on today's Living Off Grid Power and Information show. Now I'm going to tell you why my voice is not up to par. We had a couple of real cold nights, and I had my pipes freeze under the house and I had to go underneath and get them all thawed out so I could water the cows. Well, my house is over a hundred years old, and so the dirt under my house hasn't seen sunlight for over a hundred years. It's all real loose and powdery. well, I'm down there taking care of the pipes, and I had four or five barn cats that knew I was down there. They crawled down there with me. When I got done, I didn't want to lock the barn cats, didn't want to shut them down under the house. So I went to scare them out. And the more I tried to scare them out, the more they just ran circles around me. So I got frustrated because I was sick of being under the house chasing cats. I started grabbing handfuls of dirt and trying to scare them out. Well, boy, was that ever a mistake. There must have been a lot of mold in that topsoil because I started breathing in that dust and I knew immediately I'd done the wrong thing. And before I got out from under the house, I felt like someone had just poured basically a whole shaker full of pepper into my sinuses. But one good thing about this show is I do shows for Truth to Ponder. I sit in and guest host for Bob Bierman. And Bob is having surgery this week and he needed four shows well i made four shows but then he said he was only going to use three he had the other two were already taken care of and so i had a truth to ponder show already recorded before my voice went bad but fortunately for the show's sake most of the show i'm going to be in good voice but i want to tell you about the balloon real quick my opinion is that they are sending balloons over to see, number one, our response, number two, how it tracks, number three, the altitude that they're able to keep it at, number four, how well they can steer it. Now, number five is the big one. What are they doing it for? Well, point number five, in my opinion, in my opinion only, is that they are going to stage an EMP attack on the United States of America. I really do believe that with all my heart. Now, some say it's a weather balloon. Some say it's a private balloon. It's just some researchers. But as I record this part of the show, there seems to be several more of these balloons floating, not only over North America, but in South America. So, something is really, really amiss here. And if you don't have the hairs on the back of your neck starting to stand up with the very real possibility that World War III is about to kick off, and guess where the main battlefront's going to be, folks? Not only in our backyard, it's going to be in our house. The Russians and the Chinese have both shown us over the last three weeks. That the battleground will be here in the United States. And so I really do feel that an EMP attack is coming. And so I think that what you should do is get all of your sensitive electronics, get them safe in a Faraday cage. And if you don't know what a Faraday cage is, I've done several shows on it. It's just a metal box inside of a metal box that's insulated. And then you just take tinfoil. And cover your sensitive electronics. And then insulate around your first metal box. And put it into another metal box. Yes, that's quite a chore. But I think you need to really start doing that with your sensitive electronics. Anything you want to keep. And I'm going to touch on this bug thing. They are starting to put bug parts inside our food. And they're calling it all sorts of different names. And so you're going to have to do research of all of the things they're calling the insect protein. Because the insect protein we're getting, no matter what kind of insect, we cannot digest those. And lots of health issues, mainly cancer, results from consuming insects. Why do you think mankind never developed a taste for insects in the thousands of years that mankind has been on this planet? It's because they're not good for us. And they're putting it in our pet food as well. So I'm going to put out this warning to everyone. Even if you go out and eat in a restaurant, make sure that you're ordering whole food and not processed food. Learn what slang and what other words they're using as far as food labeling in the United States. And when you go grocery shopping, yes, it's going to take a while. But I think that your health is worth it. Check the labels of everything you buy and I'm going to say check them about once a month because they're just now starting to put this insect protein inside food and I'm also hearing reports that they are putting substances in baby formula that actually will sterilize the baby so we have a lot of problems here folks and I'm going to do my best to address those problems on this show but I'm not going to mention the bugs again this show, I'm going to make a whole other show about it, but right now do your research. Do not eat Z-Bugs. Well, things have gotten kind of cold here for the last several days, and I've been hauling hay bales through the snow and taking care of the cows and chickens. And Now, the last cold spell, it got down to like negative 30, and I did bring the chickens and put them in the house for a couple of days, and I didn't have to do that this time, it only got down to negative two. And that's cold enough. But I always feel kind of sorry for those roosters, because they have these nice beautiful red combs, and if they're out in too cold a weather, those combs actually freeze. And it just freezes them right off their head. And I'm sure that's not very pleasant. But the roosters can stick their heads underneath their wings. But the roosters can keep those combs until it gets to be about like negative ten but they pretty well lose those combs after that. Well, you didn't tune in to hear about chickens, I'm sure, but you're going to hear about chickens anyway. The direction that I'm going to take this show today, you're going to hear about chickens, and some other things that I want to tell you about as we try to survive in this crazy world. Before too long, we're all going to be faced with decisions as far as how we're going to care for ourselves. And so, I'm going to be talking about the mark of the beast, and I'm going to be talking about buying and selling. I'm going to be talking about just surviving on a day to day basis, and I'm going to be talking about chickens. And I'm going to start off with the chickens. It seems that the powers that be, which are the globalists, the Satanists, they hate life. They absolutely hate life. And they hate people that love life. They're very, very hateful people. And they hate life in the womb. And they also hate life in the egg, whether it be a human or a chicken. Now, I reported last week about chicken feed that has been tainted. And since then, I've seen video after video and read a multitude of reports. Concerning chickens. And since I raise chickens, of course, I'm going to try to find out what's going on in the chicken world. And the chicken world is under assault. Now you have to ask yourself why would they go after chickens? Well, it's very easy. When you think of the staples you need for food, you think of flour, sugar, butter, eggs. And what are they doing with eggs? They're making eggs scarce, and they're making eggs cost-prohibitive for some people. In the United States, we have an epidemic of poverty. It's everywhere. But we do have an elephant in the room, and it's called poverty. And it seems that Americans, I don't know why they're doing this, but recently, over the last probably 30 or 40 years. No one's been saving for a rainy day, not like the previous generations. People want to live large, and they want to spend every penny they can. And so if they make $100,000 a year, why not spend 99000 of that, 100000 every year? Now I know I'm exaggerating, but I think you kind of get what I'm trying to say is that no matter how much money some people make, they're still hand-to-mouth. I know years ago, when my children were small, I hired a babysitter whose husband happened to have one of the highest-paying jobs in the whole town. It was a high-paying union job with lots of benefits, and he made at least $30,000 more than the average person that was well-off. And so you could say they were rich. Now, in some people's opinions, they wouldn't have been rich, but in this town, they were rich. And one week, didn't have to hire his wife to watch the kids. But the next week, I did hire her, and she told me that they couldn't eat that week because they, use, because they used her babysitting money that they got from me to buy groceries. Now, I found that very hard to believe. But she insisted that they went without that week. And I didn't pay that much for a babysitter, so I couldn't quite figure that one out. But I've been reading lots of articles about people that do make really good money. That they're high-paid professionals that are having trouble making car payments or house payments. And so we do have this issue of poverty. And we have to address that. But I'm going to do that in a future show. I'm going to go back to my chickens. It seems that the price of eggs is very high, and therefore poor people can't afford very many eggs, and eggs are getting scarce. And a lot of mom and pop's businesses, which happen to use eggs, whether it be a small diner or cafe or a bakery or what have you, or someone who bakes for a living, are having trouble getting enough eggs. And then you combine that with additives they're starting to put into all the animal feed that may be passed on to us, and it may be very harmful. We're living in such a desperate time, so precarious. But in these videos, I'm seeing that a lot of people's hens aren't laying eggs, and the people that raise chickens are starting to kind of get wise to it, and they figured out that there are certain brands of feed that you should not buy because the companies are putting things in their feed to destroy the ability of the hens to lay eggs. Like I said earlier, these people hate life. And also, they're trying to make it as hard as they can on people. I don't understand the psyche of people that want power. They want power so they can be tyrants. They want power so they can be abusive. Why doesn't anyone want power so they can do good? That's a question that'll probably never be answered. But until the kingdom of God is established firmly on earth and Jesus upon Jesus' return, we have to live with tyrants and all sorts of these people, these scientists and so-called experts. And I just watched a video that was really disturbing. It was a veterinarian on the East Coast who shed light on a lot of animal deaths as far as your pets, and according to this veterinarian who who claimed to have been practicing for about 20 years, that his state, anyway, required a certain dosage for certain vaccines to go in their dogs and cats, and he was claiming that some of the dosage was way too much for like a Chihuahua, because they had to give the same amount to like a Great Dane that they would a Chihuahua. Then he went on to say that he knew that he had killed hundreds of animals during his time as being a veterinarian, and he didn't want to kill them. He said that the owner insisted that they had their vaccinations, and he would tell the owners that the vaccines might end up harming their pet because their pet was so small, but yet they insisted on him injecting, and so he would go ahead and give them vaccinations. And he was in front of some sort of a medical board that they were having a meeting with the pharmaceutical companies. He said that he no longer wanted to follow the laws of the state because the laws of the state were making him a murderer. And he knew that there were things going into the animal vaccines that were killing your dogs and killing your cats. And he'd had enough. And he said he was going to follow his Hippocratic oath. And he said that trumps any state law or any medical board, anything that they were going to push on him. He was no longer going to vaccinate animals the way that the state told him he had to. He said if he was going to vaccinate any, he was going to change the dosage and at least put the dosage to the weight of the animal, which makes very much sense to me. And in this meeting was a representative of the pharmaceutical companies. And that person cut him off, tried to shut his microphone off, laughed at him, and scowled and said, well, you're not a scientist. You don't have any experience, which he responded with, I have a lot of experience. I'm a veterinarian. I've treated thousands of animals. And she laughed in his face and said, well, what you're saying is not true. I'm not going to hear a word of it. And then they cut him off. And so it now seems that all of our animals are under assault. And I would have a talk with your veterinarian. I really would. It might just be to this one state. I'm not sure. I will tell you this. On vaccinations, I'm extremely careful of what I give any of my animals. I don't know what's up out there other than I know that it's evil. And I know that when someone such as myself, which had 100% trust, in all vaccines and 100% trust in the medical profession, for me to go from 100% trust to 100% distrust, when I'm a person that's usually set in my ways, and people that know me would agree with that, that once I make my mind up on something, it's pretty hard to change my mind on it if I think I'm right. Well, all of the shenanigans that they've done with the COVID and the lockdowns and the tyranny and These people that are covering up for all the evil. And, you know, I really think that massive amounts of doctors and now veterinarians need to start speaking out and need to start telling the truth. But instead, we just get more silence. And the more silent they are on all of these issues, the more I don't trust them. But anyway, I said I was going to talk about chickens. And what I'm really trying to say is, is that they're trying to ruin the fertility of our chickens. Couple that with this bird flu that they say is a horrible epidemic. But to be honest with you, I haven't seen any cases of it. There's been lots of suspected cases of it. And then they're killing not only that bird, but every bird in the entire flock, whether it be a million chickens or 20 chickens. They're killing them all. And to that, I say, whatever happened to quarantining the animal that you suspect is sick, And doing tests and finding out, does this animal actually have this dreaded disease or not? If it does, and if it's the only way to take care of the spread of this horrible disease, well, then you have to do what you have to do. But to automatically say, well, your chickens might be infected, and come in and just wipe them all out, doesn't make any sense unless you start thinking about the agenda. And I think the big agenda is hating all life. And so they don't care how many millions of chickens and turkeys and ducks get killed. They don't care. Just as long as they're not in the food supply. Because ultimately, I think that these people want to play God. They want to get rid of you and get rid of me and everybody like us. And they want to populate the world with the quote-unquote elites that are playing God and they are going to start introducing all sorts of different animals into the ecosystem. And they're claiming that they're going to bring back a lot of animals that went extinct, like the woolly mammoth and others. But I really think it's a cover for them coming up with all sorts of creatures that they are going to turn loose. These people want to replace God. And to that, I would have to say, better be careful of what you try to do. Because God will not be mocked. And when God brings his vengeance down on these people, it's not going to be pretty for them. That's for sure. We're going to have to be fighting for our own health and fighting for our life, so to speak. And just taking the chickens as an example is how they're trying to disrupt all of our lives and trying to disrupt our food supply. It's just a drop in the bucket, I know, but it's another drop in that same bucket. And they're trying to fill that bucket of hate, and that bucket of lack, and that bucket of starvation, and that bucket of death. That's the bucket they're trying to fill up. And I know these chickens are just one drop in it, but it does get that bucket one drop more full. And these people have the spirit of Satan and the spirit of Antichrist, and they do hate God's creation. And so what are we going to do about it? Well, as I said last week, and I'm going to repeat it because I think it's this important. If you raise chickens, mix your own feed. Don't buy any commercial feed. If you have animals that need veterinary care, talk to your veterinarian. Find out exactly what's happening to your pet. I honestly think that most veterinarians out there are awesome people. And I really don't think you're going to find a lot of problems with the veterinarian But you might find some issues with what the state mandates the veterinarian does. So it's not looking over the veterinarian's shoulder so much as it is the state regulations that the veterinarian has to follow. I think we need to keep our eyes wide open. I do envision a time where it's going to be hard to buy or sell. And I'm going to address this mark of the beast. I really don't think it's been put out there. But I think that there is a beast system. I think that the COVID vaccines are part of the beast system. I think that the digital currency and all of these methods of making payments where you scan your palm and you can pay for your merchandise just with a wave of your hand in front of a scanner is part of the beast system. I think all of this surveillance is part of the beast system. I think everywhere you look, the beast system is being put in place. Everything from the closed caption cameras that are everywhere to the automatic facial recognition. And also in the UK, they found out that the military of the United Kingdom had a group inside their military that was actively tracking people that were anti vaccine. And so the tyranny gets worse and worse and worse. And the methods of them taking out this tyranny upon us is getting worse. Bob Bierman has explained the 5G to me to where I really think I understand it. And in a nutshell, 5G is a faster way to move information. And Bob has told me several times that the real danger in 5G is the amount of information they'll be able to collect on you and be able to send in just a millisecond. Information that might take a minute or two or an hour or whatever, whatever the technology was before, now is almost instantaneous. And I think this 5G is not really put there for us. I think it's for them to surveil us. And also, my opinion only, I think it has something to do with this artificial intelligence that they want to unleash on the world, that they need that 5G and possibly going on to 6G to help. Spur that along. So, if you think that they were just developing 5G so you could have better phone service, well, I don't buy it. I might be wrong with that, but I really don't buy that. I know people out there are talking about basically a death ray with 5G, and there are people that are measuring different types of energy levels from different 5G towers, and I don't know what to make of all of that, only that I think Bob Bierman has. The most sound explanation of how it can be harmful for us is the fact that they can just move information so fast. And if they want to use that information against you or against me, they'll have that ability right there at their fingertips. But again, that's just part of this beast system. And the Bible clearly says that there will be a time where you're going to have to have the mark of the beast to be able to buy or sell. So, the big question here is, what will you do when that time comes? Do you think that we're living in end times? Well, I do. But do you? See, it doesn't matter what my opinion is. It all comes to your opinion. Because in your life, your opinion really is the only opinion that matters. And I think in your life, your opinions need to be shaped from a godly and Christian point of view. But again, that's my opinion. But the question to you is, do you think we're living in end times? If you do, then what are you going to do when the time comes where you're going to be forced with getting the mark or not getting the mark? Honestly, you cannot believe we're in end times without answering that question deep inside yourself. Let's say that you're raising a family and have small children. What are you going to do when the satanic powers that be tell you that you have to have that mark of the beast? Well, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do because I've answered that question quite a long time ago. I'm not going to buy and I'm not going to sell. I do realize that in the Bible, not being able to buy or sell has deeper meanings than just doing business transactions. It has to do with being able to feed yourself and have clothing and just the necessities of life are going to be denied. And so when we're talking about not being able to buy or sell, that would also mean buying electricity. They won't sell you any electricity. That means heating fuel for your home. They won't sell you any heating fuel. You see what I'm getting at? That means that any raw material that you need to make, let's say your own clothing, you won't be able to get. And things are going to be extremely harsh. But yet I've made up my mind, I will not take the mark of the beast. I will gladly die before I would take that mark of the beast. I have absolutely no hesitation that what the Bible tells me is true. And by rejecting the mark of the beast, I gain life. By taking the mark of the beast is death. And so I will not take the mark of the beast. Now, I'm not raising small children, but if I was, I still would not take the mark of the beast. And do I think the mark of the beast is coming soon? How long that's going to be. But it doesn't tell us how many years until The tribulation starts, it might be like going into the mountains, and you don't know how many foothills you have to cross before you actually hit the mountains. And we're definitely in the foothills as far as that analogy. That the hard times that we are experiencing are part of the beast system and are part of the mark of the beast, and it's part of the tribulation system, in my opinion. So, to answer that question, well, do I think that? I'm going to live to see them require that mark. And to that, I'd have to say, well, I really don't know. But I think the possibility is very great that I will live to see that. But for my children and grandchildren, I definitely think that's going to happen in their lifetime. And again, I hope I'm wrong. But when you look at the accelerated rate that we seem to be going down this rat hole, that the whole world is just turning into a satanic cesspool right before our eyes. I don't see how it can last very much longer at the accelerated rate that the world is falling into chaos. And so for me, there will be no mark of the beast. Not at all. And when I come back from the other side of the break, I'll pick up where I left off. If you're tuned to frequency 7.490, You're listening to WBCQ. If you're on 5850, you're listening to WRMI, Radio Miami International. And if you're listening on 89.3 FM, you're in tune with Key Radio, Osage Beach, Missouri. Welcome back to part two of the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. This is your host, Jim Calhoun, and I really do appreciate you tuning in today. Well, the first half of the show, I was talking about the mark of the beast and that's where i'm going to pick up where i left off was the mark of the beast i'm not going to take the mark of the beast therefore i'm not going to be able to buy or sell i'm not going to be able to have electricity or propane or natural gas or new clothes or anything like that but you see that doesn't bother me because mentally Physically, emotionally, and spiritually, I'm prepared for that. And so I ask the question, what are you going to do if you're ever faced with, you have to have the mark of the beast or else? Well, like I say, I'm not going to take it. And you might say, well, how are you going to survive? Well, first of all, I think the Bible's very clear that your eternal life means a lot more than the life that you have on this planet. And so if you truly value your life, then taking the mark of the beast is the wrong thing to do. And so I think each and every one of you should not take the mark of the beast. Does that mean that I expect not to be on this earth very long? If I don't take the mark of the beast once they come out and say, take it or else? Well, that will depend on the oppressors. Because I could survive. I've set myself up for survival. It's not that I'm a survivalist. I'm not one of these people that would even be considered a true survivalist. I know people who are survivalists and they're more hardcore than I am. But when it comes to necessities of life, such as electricity, I can take it or leave it. I make my own, but if I can't buy or sell and I do have problems with my equipment, and eventually I would, Well, eventually, I would have to do without. And as far as a gasoline fuel, I do know how to make wood gas. And it's called a gasifier. And I did a whole program on gasifiers, and I might do another one later on. But there are ways that you can make your own fuel to fuel gasoline-powered cars with wood gas. In World War II, lots of Europe and Japan both used wood gas to power their vehicles. And I have the expertise and the knowledge of how to make a gasifier, and I have enough raw materials here at the ranch that I could build a gasifier. And when it comes to food, I can grow my own, and I also know how to forage. So I think I could survive, I don't know how well I could survive, but I think that I'm pretty well set up more than the average person anyway. But, again, if you truly think that we're living in the last days, and if you think the tribulation is drawing very close, that's a question you're going to have to answer for yourself. And I started off the show by mentioning chickens. I do raise my own chickens, and so I'm going to have one more little advice on chickens. I really do believe that modern farming has bred out what's called the brooding instinct and chickens. And that just means that chickens don't have that natural urge for them to sit on their eggs and take care of them and hatch out baby chicks. Most modern commercial breeds don't brood very much. They'll lay eggs, of course, for production. But as far as sitting on the eggs and raising a family, modern breeds of chickens just don't do that. And if you go with unimproved breeds, In other words, old breeds that still have their old maternal instincts. Well, those breeds have not been developed for high egg production. And so you have kind of a dilemma if you're going to raise chickens. Do you raise chickens that can set on their own eggs and raise more chickens for you? Or do you want to have lots of eggs and go for egg production? So I'm going to tell you what I've done. I've done both. I've got several old-time breeds that lay pretty well. They don't lay as well as the modern, improved breeds. But they still lay enough to pay for their feed. But I have several of those. And, of course, they'll sit on what's called a clutch of eggs, which is a group of eggs. And they don't have to lay the eggs for them to sit on them. And so what I plan on doing is raising chickens. I plan on hatching out baby chicks naturally. And using these old fashioned brooding type hens. And when the weather starts getting warmer, I'm gonna start getting things ready for them to start brooding. But the majority of my hens are modern egg laying hens that are for production. And of course, you have to have a rooster in the mix. And what I decided on was having a breed of chicken that was known for docile roosters. Because anyone that's been around roosters, knows just how obnoxious they can be. And once you have a rooster that has decided that you are the enemy or you are a rival to it, there's no end of that rooster coming and trying to sneak up on you and jump on you or try to chase you to the house or what have you. And so I got a breed that was known for its docile roosters. Now that will mean that the chicks that I have are not going to be purebreds. They're going to be crossbreds. And also, the roosters are of a breed that the hens of that breed are broody, meaning they like to sit on their eggs. And so, I'm going to breed out some of that egg production with the hybrid chicks I'm going to have. But the chicks ought to grow up being fairly good egg producers, and also a measure of them should have that brooding instinct. And so, if I just take care of my chickens and let nature take its course, I'm going to have all the chickens that I need, and all the eggs that I need, on a continuous basis. And so that's what I mean about getting self-sufficient. We all have to think one step ahead of the curve here. Now, it's easy just to go buy chickens and say, Okay, well, I hear this is a good chicken to have for laying eggs. But what if you can't find chicks, and can't buy them? And when it comes to my cattle, I have several that can be milked, or used for beef. Most of mine are beef cattle, but I have two heifers that do have some genetics behind them. I have one that is 25% Holstein, and another one that's about 13% Ayrshire. And so with those breeds, even though their percentages are low, they still will outproduce an average beef cow as far as the amount of milk. They won't come anywhere near milk production of a commercial milk breed, but they will be better than a beef breed. And I'm not going to be selling any milk or butter or anything like that. So if I'm just making it for myself, I just don't need that much. But with my own cow, I have butter. I have milk. With the chickens, I have meat and eggs both. And if I want to get really primitive, I have the feathers that I could use for stuffing mattresses or pillows. And when it comes to heating my house, I heat with wood. I have enough wood to last basically forever right here because I have enough old trees that shed enough branches every year that I don't have to chop any trees down. All I have to do is just clean up the mess that the wind makes as they break the branches off. I usually get about two years worth of supply of wood every year just off of the limbs that fall because of the wind or the heavy snow. And if all else fails, now you might get a chuckle out of this, but I've been doing a lot of studying on it, and I'm going to be doing this because I think it's going to be very enjoyable. But I raise Scottish Highland cattle primarily, and Scottish Highland cattle are extremely intelligent, and you can train them. And traditionally, they've been used for milk, even though they don't milk a whole lot. In Scotland, they were used for meat and milk both. But they're primarily a meat breed, but they have another use as well that nobody even hardly considers anymore. And that's the harnessing of pure animal power. Oxen. I've been doing some oxen training here. Not only training the animals, but training myself of how to train them. And I've had really good results. And while some people might be shaking their head and say, Oxen, good grief. Well, understand this. Most of the United States infrastructure, when you're talking about the real old roads, especially in the eastern half of the United States, and you think about the Erie Canal, and you think of all of the earthworks that took place prior to 1900, almost everything you see from the earth bridges and the landfills and the roads was all made with animal power. Of course, they had steam shovels and also steamrollers and things like that. But primarily, the earth was moved with oxen, horses, and mules. And there were an awful lot of pioneers that crossed from the east coast of the United States to the west coast with oxen. And so, as far as my farming out here, it would be a very long, hard summer. But I do have the machinery that was bought brand new by my great-grandfather. I still have it, and it's field-ready. And I have what I think is the smartest breed of cattle in the world. And also, they're very strong. And plus, what's a really big help with oxen, they have horns. Because cattle without horns, sometimes it's hard to keep that yoke on their neck. And so, I would be able to take care of my place with oxen. I have the expertise to do it. I have the equipment to do it. I have the patience to do it. And I have the cattle to do it. So why not do it if I have to? And so when I say I'm not going to take the mark of the beast, I'm extremely serious. And I'm also extremely serious that I will be able to conduct my business as usual more than almost anyone out there. But you have to ask yourself those questions of what are you going to do to get around not taking the mark of the beast? How are you going to raise your family? How are you going to have food and clothing? How are you going to be able to heat your house? You see, there are so many things that we, as a society, are addicted to. Cell phones, internet, electricity. We're also addicted to instant. Instant coffee, instant tea, microwave ovens driving through for fast food. We want to have everything now. We want the speed limit to be up there really high. If they ever would put the speed limit at 40 miles an hour, or limit cars to only going 40 miles an hour, you'd have people just in an uproar. People wouldn't be able to stand it like, 40 miles an hour, are you crazy? That's horrible. Well, they used to run a public service announcement, way back in the 1930s, 40s, and 1950s, which disappeared sometime in the mid-1950s, never to return. And they would tell motorists, speed kills. For every one mile an hour, you go over 40 miles an hour. The mortality rate in an accident increases dramatically. Now, I know with the safety features and airbags and so forth that, That doesn't fit the modern cars, I understand that. But the saying that they used to have was speed kills. And so while you might be put out that you have to go so slow, think of how much safer you'd be on the road. Now, I don't want them to put the speed limit at 40. I was just using that as an example of how our mindset has changed. In 1940 or 1950, if the speed limit was 40 miles an hour, of course you'd have people grumbling but they would do it and they'd live with it. And that would become normal. Then after a while, just going 40 miles an hour would be a way of life. That's the same way with me, with making my own electricity. The first six months or so is kind of tough, but now I make my own electricity. I've made my own electricity for over 10 years and I don't see a problem with it. It's normal for me. And so while you might come to my house and say, oh my God, how are you doing this? That's just normal for me. And so our headspace and our mindset has to be correct. If we go to answer that question, what am I going to do if I'm forced with taking the mark of the beast? Well, I said I was going to talk about some power. And the power that I'm going to talk about does concern the Chinese balloon. Because I think that our power grid is really, I would say, the brightest, shiniest object on the tree that is being reached for as far as any adversary that we're going to have. How do you take down the United States? What's the easiest thing to do and the most effective? Well, that's pretty easy. We have such an advanced society, and the more our society advances, the more vulnerable we are to some sort of a cyber attack or an EMP attack. And since these balloons that they have spotted are pretty much right on target as far as being at the altitude needed to have a successful EMP attack, then it seems really logical to me that that's what's in store. And so if I was an adversary, if I hated the United States and wanted to not only bring this country down but punish the people, and really come in and try to stir things up in a big way and try to take America off their game plan and to try to demoralize the population, the first thing I would do is an EMP attack. And all these people that are cheering about sending arms and ammunition and tanks and planes to Ukraine, I have to tell you folks, you're really short-sighted. Because the war is going to be brought to us because of our intervention, not your personal intervention and not mine. But we Chinese have an out-of-control government eating bugs with an illegitimate chickens, president and the mark of the beast. We have a government that's totally out of control. they have kind of balloons, painted themselves into a corner. Chickens, and just like a bully, the mark of the beast. when you get a bully up against the wall, And you get four or five boys telling the bully, okay, you think you're so tough, we're going to whoop you. Well, the bully will sit there and say, well, I'm going to get you, knowing full well he's about to get his butt kicked. That is exactly what's going on here. And so how does that concern you? In every way, shape, and form, right to the fiber of your soul, this EMP attack is going to totally mess your life up. It's going to take a lot of your wealth away because it's going to destroy your very valuable electronics, including your vehicles. It's going to fry the wiring inside your home. And so if the electricity is somehow miraculously restored, you don't dare hook your home up because you'll probably end up burning it down. It's not as simple as an adversary is going to throw a switch and it's going to shut off And then we're simply going to go turn the switch back on. Anyone who's a student of history, as far as EMP and that kind of a phenomenon that's natural, can tell you about the horrific damage that simple sunspots can do if they're strong enough. And there was an instance back in the 1870s that took the telegraph wires and just melted them, and the EMP from the sun was so strong. It warped train tracks. And you have to know that any attack that's going to come from an adversary is going to be stronger than what a natural sunspot would be. How do I know it would be stronger? Because, again, if I was an adversary and wanted to do maximum damage, which I wouldn't do a halfway attack, I'd want to fry it and fry it good. So that's what they're going to do. And, of course, there's data as far as what kind of a sunspot does what kind of damage. And so I would imagine that they would take the strongest sunspot ever recorded that did damage, and they'd probably quadruple that or take it times 100. That's what I'd do, and so that's what I think is going to happen. And our leadership won't listen. I know of dozens of people that have contacted their senators and their congressmen saying, We don't want a war. Back off. Don't send anything to Ukraine. It's not our business. Get our nose out of there. And they're all told basically the same thing, that we have to stand by Ukraine because it's a democracy, and it's been invaded, and it's a sovereign nation. Well, there's been many nations that were sovereign nations that were invaded by the United States. And anyone that would try to stick their nose into that business Would get punched in the nose. And so we're doing to others what we don't want done to us as far as our government, and we are going to get punched in the nose. And you know, there comes a time when a group of people, whether it be a country or a government or community, that just gets fed up. They're sick of the games, they're sick of the lies, they're sick of intrigue, they're sick of the bullying. That they finally say, okay, I guess this is as good as it gets, and I don't like it. And so something's got to give, something has to change. And so they do whatever it takes to make that change happen. And I really feel that the world has been a powder keg for a lot of years. You can blame Congress, you can blame all these people. If this happens, we have to understand who made it happen. And those who are making it happen right now to us is our own government being horribly irresponsible. Nobody is looking out for you. Nobody's looking out for me. And it's going to be really hard for us to look out for ourselves when something so catastrophic happens that melts the wiring in our house, melts the wiring in our cars. Takes our cell phones and makes them useless. So I really think that our power grid is going down. I really think it's going to go down soon. I don't want to spread fear, but I don't see any other path. What do you call these balloons that are flying? One balloon, I'd say, might have been a mistake. But now they're seeing balloons other places. And I've also heard some stories, not verified, but I've heard a few stories that. Some of the balloons have Iranian markings on the balloon, and others have Russian markings on the balloons. I have heard that. I don't know if I put any stock into that because China has so far claimed responsibility for the balloon, but it really seems to me that we have, well, that thing we have in the White House, that senile old pedophile. Can you imagine him coming over the hill to your rescue? All he would want to do is come smell your kid. The guy's a creep. And all these people that stand up for what's going on, there's no excuse for it. And I know I'm on a rant here, but someone's got to. We're being sold down the river. And so do what you can. Put your things into Faraday cages. Protect what you can protect. I don't know if there's a way to protect your car other than What I'm going to do with my vehicles is put them all in a tin quonset, shut the door. Now, I know that that'll help, but this pulse is going to come from every direction, including from the ground up. And so unless you have totally enclosed inside metal, it's going to be really hard to save a car. But if you put your vehicle into a metal building, and you put some sheet metal or tin on the floor of that building to park your car on top of that, and it goes from edge to edge. In other words, there's no gaps. Possibly put some sheet metal over the top of your engine that's the size of your engine compartment so you can still shut the hood. That might help. I don't know. We have to mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually prepare for the evil that's about to unleash on this world, I really hate to be a bearer of bad news, but I really do see a big picture here. And the big picture is that we have adversaries that are very patient, and they're getting stronger every day, where we are getting weaker every day, where their men know that they're men, and they act like men, and they do the work of men. We're a country of however many genders you want to say there are today. The handwriting's on the wall, folks. Do everything you can to protect your own property. Make sure you have personal protection. Make sure that you have a game plan. And make sure that your family is on board as much as possible. I think if you have electronic gear to make your own electricity, I think you're way ahead of the curve. But I think that your controllers and your inverters need to be in a Faraday cage. I know that if your panels are struck, then it'll go through the wiring and it'll ruin your electronics. I understand that. With your equipment, make it so you can unhook it quickly. Because if we do have some warning that something's going to happen, that we can quickly unhook the gear and put it in a Faraday cage. Now, I don't know what will happen to solar panels, but I do know that wind chargers will be toast, and there's no way you're going to take a wind charger down. And so, if you have the money, it might be a good idea to buy like four panels and protect those four panels and put them away, and then leave your panels up, but take your equipment down, put your equipment in a Faraday cage. I'm talking about your converter and inverter. And that way, if there is a pulse that you'll have fresh solar panels that you'll be able to pull out of storage. Well, I hated to be a fearmonger at the end of this show and I apologize for my voice, but I would ask for you to consider supporting this program because it's by your generous support that I'm able to keep on the air. And I really do appreciate the people who have contacted me more than you know. I'm open all the time, I'm just an email away. And I'm here to answer questions. I'm here to help. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. And if you'd like to donate, very easy to do. Just send a check or money order. Write the checkout to Thunderbolt West Media. And mail to Thunderbolt West Media. P.O. Box 163. P.O. Box 163. Hershey, Nebraska. Hershey nebraska and the zip code is 69143 and so until next time everyone please take care keep your eyes wide open get prepared but most important of all replace fear with faith this is jim calhoun with the living off grid powered information show The song, Step Out on the Sea, is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.